Welcome, foolish mortals. Time to be turning around. If only you could. Cause this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness! What's holding you up? Let's get on with the show. We can't hang around here all day. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. There's no turning back now. This is the greatest show. It's time for the WDW Beyond the Gates podcast with your hosts, Michael Hurley and Gary Aruda. That's right. This is the WDW Beyond the Gates podcast, episode number 458, recorded from the Defont Leroy Studios in Kent County, Rhode Island, in sunny southwest Florida. I'm your host, Gary, joined as always by my co host and my cousin, Mike, down in Florida. How you doing today, Michael? I'm doing well. That's good. What's new down in Florida? Nothing. No? How's everything? How's the weather down there? I always ask how the weather is. Yeah, it's fine. It's all right. It's just fine? Yeah, it's fine. Now, Pards, before we get into... Uh, we got a lot to talk about here, and I have something quick to ask you. Yeah. Right now, is this something you think I'm crazy for doing, but I'm... Uh, I'm planning a, a weekend trip to New York City in February centered around uh, a Yukon St. John's game at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I'm fine. That's fine. You don't mind that because you can like as the sports are involved Madison Square Garden? Yeah, the world's most famous sports arena. Have you ever been there? No. It's nice. I walked on the court when I was doing the, when I was in college, I did the Big East tournament, and I get to uh, walk on the court okay, before the game started. Get punched. What's that? This is where things get punched. I keep getting these stupid notifications, and I'm xing them off, and it's pissing me off. And I'm gonna smash something right now. Break Other it. than that, yeah, I like your play to go to Madison Square Garden. <laughs> go go get your eight iron and break oh, the computer. Period. That'd be good. Hi, Susie. How are you? Good. Thanks. How are you? We're joined by Susie this week, but uh, other than that, that's so you like that play. I'll keep you posted on the. Uh, I mean, it's York. it's fine. It's better than being in Rhode Island. That's true. Gonna stay. We're gonna to try to get a hotel in Times Square. Who's this? We. Uh, going with the family. Oh, the whole fam, fam. Yeah. Oh wow. And then we'll wait. The family, like you and Sarah and the girls, are yeah. Cause, well, because Sarah loves the the games, she loves UConn, and then the girls will just have to deal with it, and then we'll do nerdy tourist stuff for the other time. M and M store and all that. FAO yeah, awards. so that's their uh, that's their school vacation week. So we can leave if we take Friday off at of work. We can go up all day Friday. Games at noon on Saturday, and then leave Sunday morning. Cool. So that's the plan. I'm in the middle of uh, doing everything. Figuring out train tickets and all that stupid stuff. Because I don't want to drive into the city. That's for right. sure. But a lot of uh, a lot of stuff came out, Pards. Our last episode, we talked about some predictions. And right away, Bob Iger was listening and he made some changes. Yeah, he was listening all right. Did you see that? Yep. 
now, do you want to just go over it quickly here? Or should we save it for a future episode? We'll just go we'll go, go over it real quickly. We don't have to get in depth. It means right. absolutely nothing. So, the well, now that you're a big DVC owner, I know the complimentary parking doesn't help you that much. But I thought that was, a, that was the one that jumped out the most. So now, starting immediately, yep. overnight self-parking will once again be complimentary to guests staying at Disney Resort Hotels at Walt Disney World. Yep. Um, they're bringing it back. And... They also continue to receive complimentary standard parking at theme parks, blah, blah, blah. So that's a good little, you know, throwing a bone out there. That's mm -hmm. not a, they, you're not taking anything away. It's just reducing the price by a little bit until they increase the room rates. But that's <laughs> now annual pass. They're going to drop the $15 at the moderates and they're going to raise the rack $30. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Can I have another? Uh, annual pass holders can now uh, visit any park after 2 p.m. without a reservation, except for Magic Kingdom on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah, so just pull out your notebook. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not that difficult. But that's kind of what we talked about, saying if you have no restrictions on park hopping, then you don't need reservations. So basically they're saying you just go wherever you want after two o'clock that's actually good for you guys because you're not always in the park before two anyway especially right. if you're driving up day of so you don't have to worry about it as much and then the uh, last one which i like as a uh infrequent guest the disney plus you get your uh, photo passes included with the if you purchase disney plus uh, genie plus excuse me yeah genie plus for the day just rides is from what i understand though oh is that okay i thought it said it was all of them Oh, you're right. Attraction photos. So I, I didn't even, I, th I thought it was a little better than that. That's still better than nothing. I mean, it's just something they're adding on there, but you said you did your prep work today. I did prep work the other day for oh, the, the episode. I didn't do the prep work for this. This came at the last minute. I wasn't ready for it. And then in honor of your, uh, your 50th birthday parts, they're opening Tron just a day or two after. Yeah. So April 4th. If you're there on your birthday, they may be doing some uh, some some pass holder previews, things like that. You might be able to get on, weasel your way into that. Thing. Yeah, I'm, it's not really high on my priority list. And that's like the week of Easter, so you you're not sure if you're going to be trudging through that week anyway. But April fourth, oh, so your your birthday's the week before Easter, right? Uh, my birthday's April second. So the Easter's on the ninth this year, I believe. For so. those of you who didn't purchase those Christmas gifts, if you haven't listened to that show yet, what Guy and I are looking for for Christmas, you can uh, in lieu send them on April second. You'll also accept them for your birthday. I will accept them. I will accept them late. All right. Well, that's fair. That's very magnanimous of you. Yeah. So that's it. Those are the little uh, the news items that that I saw, and then there was a final one that I saw on Twitter. I don't think it's confirmed, but they said. Um, it, I saw a news source, one of the like Disney Twitter guys, Scott Gustin, he breaks a lot of stories, so he's pretty well connected. He said that after the final, um, Epcot show on April 9th, they are going to remove the barges. I've heard that too. Officially. So that's, I've heard that too. Cause there was a thank you Bob Iger letter 
that I saw a couple hours ago, and the barges were mentioned there. Okay, so that's going as well. I like how Iger's getting credit for getting rid of the parking fees that he instituted because he was. And I, I, I know he was in charge when that came out. People don't realize this. He's turning out to be more of a weasel than Chapek was. Oh, he's a big weasel. That guy That's... is a big snake oil weasel. At least Chapek was just obviously like evil. You could just see it in him. And Iger's like, Iger. no, I don't like Got Pop Iger. I like Michael Eisner. That's no, the I only one that. that I like. <laughs> Why did you buy Iger's book if you don't like? I him? like reading business books, and it's, you know, it's about keeping your enemies close, right, Gary? I didn't know he was an enemy. He ra- he raises to the level of an enemy. He's just a clown. He's a weasel. Yeah, Chapek's getting all the all the crap and all the heat, but I think Iger's a bigger weasel than than Chapek. I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. But I like the no. I like the parking thing, even though it doesn't really affect me. And now it doesn't affect you as much as a DVC member. But that one's good. The other ones. The park hopping thing. The only thing that's a little strange is, did you see at Disneyland they push back the park hopping till 11 a.m.? No. Yeah, so at Disneyland now you can park hop after 11 a.m., which I thought they might do over here, but maybe time will tell. Maybe they'll wait till after uh, after spring break season or something. He's they're in panic mode right now, aren't they? I guess. Oh, I don't know what's panic going on. mode. Why would you take away revenue makers? I guess the writing's on the wall. Things are uh things are not looking so good down the line, I guess. We'll see. Anything else you want to add here in this first part, or should we just get right into the uh the meat of the episode? Oh, we can get right into the meat of the episode, pun intended, beat. Very much so. All right, we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. We are back from break, episode number 458 of the WDW Beyond the Gates podcast. And this week, we are joined by Susie and Mike, obviously, as always, to talk about their (laughs) dining experience at one of the places that you've been really dying to go to for a while. And then just the the love for the Riviera has only ramped it up. And we're talking about Topolino's Terrace here. Yes, sir. I remember when you messaged me a few weeks before New Year's Eve that a reservation became open. What was it, about a month before? It might have been right yep. off the or so. And you said, uh-oh. And I said, what's going on? 
you said a, a reservation just opened up New Year's Eve at Topolino's. What do I do? And I and I think you said I had to get it right. No, I said it was a no brainer because you could cancel it. Just you snag it, hang on to it, and then decide what you want to do. But I thought that was the move. Now the question I had: Did that pop up randomly, or do you use one of your uh, your tools, your secret tools? I used one of my secret tools. So you were hoping for that specific evening, or did you have any like Topolino? I was kind of looking at at any time because I I want to run up there for breakfast. You're dying to do, even though it's a character breakfast. You're still yeah, and even though it. we yeah. did get some intel, which we'll get into shortly. Okay. So how do you want to how do you want to start? How do you want to break into this? Uh, you also had uh, your mother-in-law Susie's mother was with you, so it was a table for three. And yep. what's her? What are her Disney like? Is she a Disney fan? Doesn't care. She enjoys going up there. What's the? I guess Kristen, you could probably answer this a little better than Mike. Um, I think she's sort of agnostic. Okay. She doesn't dislike it. She doesn't have any great passion for it. Um, but I did point out when we were there that this is the second time we've brought her for a meal at Disney. And she's eaten at two pretty great restaurants. The first one was California Grill. Oh, nice. So she's we get, we're giving her a good experience when we go. You're spoiling her. You're bringing it to the best of the best. Yeah. Not to spoil anything on this uh, review because maybe you guys didn't like it. I haven't really, I haven't even really asked you, Mike, offline, your thoughts because I wanted to really hear the uh, the brunt of it during during the episode. So New Year's Eve obviously is a busy day and evening at Walt Disney World. What was uh what was the traffic situation uh, heading? Traffic in? was fine. And what was? What time was your reservation? 5.20. And did you go up early so you could hit up and walk around the resort a little bit? Or did you try to time it just to get there right away for dinner? Uh, we got up there. I got a cup of coffee at their coffee bar. Okay. And we had to tour a couple of the DVC rooms again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> By a couple, now, he means all of the Riviera DVC rooms again. Now, I heard a rumor that somebody in the travel party may have mentioned that you potentially could need more points to make to ensure staying at the Riviera. It was an offhand remark. It was not a functional comment. It was not I mean, meant he, for, it's not an actionable item. I saw the contract. He already has a contract written up. He's he's got you know those little like half sticky notes that have like the arrow pointed at him sign. Yeah, I use them here. at work all the time. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not sure how he thinks he's funding this. Sign here, sign here, <laughs> sign here. But he's digging in the couch cushions for quarters. Hey, that's part of the deal. Whatever makes it work, right, parts? Absolutely. But uh so the drive up wasn't bad, no traffic. Did it feel busy at the resort? No, it really didn't. So mostly the, the parks are get the brunt of it on New Year's Eve. Base, I mean, maybe it was just an anomaly that time of day, but I feel like people are just hanging out in the parks waiting for the big fireworks on New Year's Eve. I think I we noticed some people, I noticed some people who were dressed up, who were maybe heading over to the parks right when we were leaving after dinner. 
So that was that sense. like 7.30-ish, 8 o'clock? Yeah. Well, let's get into the other, besides touring the DVC and getting the coffee, What did you do anything else of note prior to dinner, or do you want to get right into the uh, dinner review? We can get right into dinner, but one of the nice things that just made me just, it cemented my love for this place. They played all their Christmas music mm-hmm. in that French Riviera node. It was fantastic. Oh, like that style? Yes. And it was all Christmas. That's cool. Yes. How was it? How are the Christmas decorations in the resort? They had a couple trees in the lobby. Yeah. Smaller trees. Smaller trees. It was pretty. It was. It, it, that I'll tell you what, that was the first time I ever drove up to that resort, and it is stunning. Oh, driving in? Driving in. I mean, it was just, I dropped the girls off at the front um, because the parking lots are kind of big. Oh, like far away? Yeah, if, just, yeah, yeah, it's a little walk. Um, but it is when I was, I parked the car and as I was walking up, I'm like, this resort is absolutely gorgeous. When we were driving in, my mom even said, wow, she was impressed by the exterior and the approach. Yeah. I mean, that's something I don't really, I'll have to check out a YouTube video or something out there and, and see, because I don't know, I don't have a frame of reference. The only time I've seen it is coming from the Skyliner. So it's a different. You know, different approach, obviously. Now, did you get the sense that they're very strict on parking there? It's hard to um, say. Um, no, I mean he had my reservation, so I I think they might be a little stricter on that day. I would think on that day, and especially because you could easily I mean that's the hub for the or it's basically the hub for the Skyliner, so you could easily try to weasel your way parking there and getting over to Epcot or Hollywood Studios without having to pay to park if you're not a hotel guest. So I imagine they have to be a little more diligent, but the parking lots are pretty big. Yeah, there was still plenty of parking, but the parking lots are huge. The parking lot was huge there. So Topolino's at the top, correct? That's correct. So is it a separate elevator, or do you go like through the guest elevator to get to it, or not really? I don't know. It's not like a California grill where you have to like. No, there were multiple floors. So I stopped at guest levels as well, but it was kind of a, an elevator kind of toward the back. So I don't know if maybe they don't all go to the top level. Gotcha. Which I don't think so. Cause if you're, if you're standing with, with, you know, with a, what do they have? Like lawn bowling. Yep. It's some but the bocce court. So if you're standing there with that quiet pool and the bocce courts and you're staring at the resort, Topolino yes. is going to be on your right all the way to the top. So it's going to be above the quick service. So it's basically directly above Primo Piatto. Correct. And there are elevators on that level. Yep. And that's the one like because the I don't that's the top floor, but it doesn't wrap around. It's just a restaurant and the terrace itself. So I don't think every elevator is going to go up to that floor. That makes sense. Yeah, different wings aren't going to go there, but I, I was I was going to say it's not like when you go to California Grill and you have to check into the that's special correct. elevator. Okay, so that's good. How was the? Uh, how was the restaurant? I don't know. I don't know a lot about it. I don't know what it looks like. How it, if how themed it is, things like that. So I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts. It's sort of interesting because in some ways it's very unassuming. 
but it's kind of quietly elegant, I would say. The biggest thing that stuck out to me was their light fixtures are mm-hmm. like a blown glass and oh, they look nice. like big pieces of uncut pasta. Like oh, that's cool. Or something, which was different, but cool. Yeah. And it's I think it's really nice that even despite them naming the restaurant after, you know, the Italian word for Mickey Mouse and having a character breakfast, they didn't go over the top with like throwing characters and all that kind of stuff in your face at the at the restaurant. No, the artwork in the the waiting area, the lobby, if you will, um, has characters in it, but it's all very pretty and subtle and things that I would put in our house that aren't slapping you in the face with Disney. That's good. Did you get a chance to see the bar area? I know we had someone on our uh, Facebook group mention they sat at the bar and I don't yep. know if you checked it out over there. And Just walk by it. It's nice. I think I saw a TV. Um, it was a night. It's it's just a chill. The whole place is just relaxed. Is it kind of separate from the restaurant? Like Steakhouse Seventy One is very separated. No, or no, is it's it right. It's integrated? right as you walk in, so it's right at the front. It's almost kind of like um, Citricos, how that is. Yeah, kind of like Citricos, how Citric in, in or Schuler's. Okay. Now Schuler's just has like that. It's like a separate room, almost. right? I don't think it's quite as defined. It almost kind of flows right into the dining area. Oh, that's good. So it fits in well. But one of the things that I liked was we were in a booth. And it was like a curved booth. So sort of like a semicircle horseshoe shape. Mm-hmm. And the it had like a riser up above that was like a screened in like mesh sort of. So it felt very private. That's good. Was it comfortable? Sometimes booths can be hit or miss. Like, uh, yeah, I thought it was comfortable. Yeah, it was comfortable, and it's funny because it 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 basically sat three, and it was funny because as I was looking for reservations, I could find something for four, but couldn't find something for three, and then I would find something for two, but couldn't so- find something for three, and I'm like, are they that specific? You could have. We could have fit another person in there. I think. It would have been tight though. Yeah, I think I think it would have been a little tight. Yeah. Well, let's get into the uh, into the good stuff. So the atmosphere sounds like it's good. No, no issues. Did it feel crowded in there? I know it's a tough reservation. No, no. no. Was that a testament to just the setup of it, or did it was just a little early? You think? And I don't like... know if they staggered because the first seating. What would you say it was like fifty percent occupancy? Probably about that. Yeah. Really, that's surprising to me. Unless they're just not again a staffing issue where they just are not filling the tables because they don't have the wait staff to handle it i think maybe it was just early and because it did definitely pick up as oh, it later in. okay now what was our server's name do you remember i don't and that's terrible because he was phenomenal he this guy he came over and we were, we were talking, and he actually worked at Victorian Alberts for a number of years. Oh, wow. So I'm like, so you're a sommelier. He's like, I'm a sommelier. So, I mean, he was 
I think he was asking what everybody was thinking about for dinner, and then he was making cocktail recommendations, wasn't he? As well as wine recommendations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. He was uh, was making cocktail recommendations. He said not to get too close. Um, Kind of highlighting his favorites on the cocktail menu. So not necessarily in a pairing sense. Right. But still... It's I I love when you get the feedback because sometimes I'll go somewhere, even at Disney, and I'll sit down at the bar and I'll ask the bartender, I said, "Well, make me your favorite drink." I'm like, "Well, what do you like?" I'm like, "Well, that's not what I asked." I said, right. well, like, what's your like? You're the bartender. I want what's your favorite drink to make or what's not the most popular? Like, oh, like, well, right. you want do you like this? Do you like this? Well, here, I forget. I'll just order something. <laughs> Like, because I've always, not always heard, but like you hear sometimes that people are like, oh, you know, bartenders really like when you tell them to like make a drink for you, whatever they want to make. And they kind of will make something that they really enjoy making or something they enjoy drinking themselves. And then I I don't know. Sometimes you get that experience. Sometimes they don't want to make a decision for you. Well, I think that can be hit or miss too, though, because if you say, you know, make me your favorite drink and they really like licorice flavor and I hate licorice, then that's not going to be a good experience. Well, that's also true. I guess if you're, if you have the aversion to something, then either you got to mention it or not, (laughs) not do that. (laughs) Right. Not play that game. Because I've, I've heard, you know, all the whiners say like they go to these places and all the waiters do is try to upsell them. This guy was a phenomenal I don't want to say salesperson, but he was able to just sell everything that was on the menu. He was so knowledgeable about everything. Andrew or Alex, I want to say it started with an A. So people about Topolino specifically or just in general? Yeah, I've watched YouTubes of those people who complain. They say all they would do is trying to sell you multiple appetizers and all that stuff. This guy just, he knew his stuff. He knew the menu inside and out. That's interesting that people feel that. Like, like what, what would give you that sense if you like sit down at a restaurant? Like, I can't think of a waiter being like pushy to order something. You know like, the YouTubers who constantly have to complain. No, I understand that, yeah. but I'm trying to even think what, like, the small, like, what would even start them down that path? Because I can't even kind of like pinpoint what like a waiter a could or an enhancement or something like that. Oh. I guess. No, I mean, really I guess if, like, if you get the lobster tail or blah, blah, blah. I mean, I guess if I go to Shula's and I order a steak and they're like, would you like any sides with that? I'm not saying, oh, why are you trying to upsell me? <laughs> you might be saying in a nice way, this comes a la carte. If you right. Want Somebody sides, might not understand that. Correct. You have to order that. And it's like, that's part of the job, I think. I wouldn't. I wouldn't complain about that, but you're right. People just want to complain about things. So let's get into it. Then what'd you guys uh, start with? Did you start? What with didn't cocktail? we, what didn't we get? <laughs> well, I'm assuming you didn't get a cocktail, Mike. I you That is correct. I did not get a cocktail. And I'm assuming Susie either got wine or a cocktail or potentially both. I got a cocktail. I did not have any wine. I didn't know like if you were in the, in the wine mindset because of the dinner or the, I know you like a cocktail when you go to, Go to the fancier restaurants at Disney, it seems like. That's kind of your go-to, generally. Yeah. I was considering wine, um, but I decided against it because my mom and I had been drinking quite a bit of wine 
oh, over the huh. week and I had had some really good ones. And I thought, you know what? I can get a good glass of wine. I'd like to try something different. So what did so, you go with? No, I can't remember what it was called. Can you pull up the cocktail menu? What was in it? I could tell you. I have it up here. It was the pomegranate paradiso. Oh, okay. You found it. Which was one of the waiter's recommendations, and it was phenomenal. It sounds very refreshing. It was a little bit sweet, but not overly sweet. But yeah, it was light and good. You liked it, right, Mike? Yeah, I did. And she said, you're not going to like it because I don't like sweet, but I thought it was tasty. So it's got a... Uh... A specific vodka, Figenza, must be an Italian vodka, with pomegranate, lemon, and pineapple is what it says here. So those are all very, you know, refreshing. But pomegranate is very sweet, but the, the lemon, the acidity, and the, yeah, and, and the lemon and the pineapple probably really cut it. So mm -hmm. it sounds like it would be a good combination. Yeah, it was really good. And you're, like, you love the Stoli Doli, so that's like... The stoli doli little kicked bit up a little. kicked up with a couple other enhancements, so that's yeah. a good, good way to go. I was at a, uh, I was picking up lunch right before Christmas at a place near work for, uh, for the guys at work, and they had the thing of stoli doli on the bar, like the whole nice. thing there. And I was very tempted, but I was on the clock, and it was like eleven <laughs> fifteen in the morning, so I didn't, yeah. I didn't get one. So probably a good call, but it looked very good. I will say that. Did you drink them at our wedding or were you drinking beer? I think I had at least one. I didn't go. I don't think I went over the top with them. <laughs> but what uh, did your mom get a cocktail? Or My mom had a wine? glass of Chianti. Oh, okay. And she wasn't overly impressed with that shit. It was fine, but nothing special. Now, you would think like being in the French Riviera and like Italy and France, like their wine selections would be very specific, unique, and you know, that would kind of be they could hang their hat on the wine. But I'm not a wine guy, so I don't really know what makes the wine good or bad or whatever. I think it was just a little dry for her taste. Okay. Yeah. Which, you know, Chianti's can kind of range a bit. So sometimes it's hard to know what you're getting. I'll take your word for it. So let's get into uh, into the appetizers, Mike. I know you're done with the wine and, and alcohol talk. Okay. And you were excited about the appetizers. Oh, very. Was that? Were you more excited about that heading? Yes. In? The, yeah, I thought so. Yes. You were really, really hammering that. So let's talk about what you guys ordered. So we got uh, an order of ricotta. Okay. Now, how does that come? Like, I know what ricotta is. It just doesn't come just not like a spoonful on a plate. It must be like served with like accompaniments of some kind or no? It's got kind of like a tomato jam. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, it's basically just a big pile of ricotta and this tomato jam on a plate. And they put um, cracked pepper on it and some basil. It was to die for but did you um, just eat it like with we a... were eating it with the bread okay i was gonna say brought. did it come with like a crust it just it came with what the... two pieces of bread yeah 
Yeah, it came with a few pieces of bread, but then I used the rest of whatever the bread service they gave us. They gave us a bread service with nice olive oil. Oh, nice. So that sounds like I can't even tell you how good this ricotta was. It was beyond phenomenal. See, that's something that I wouldn't have ordered because to me, ricotta is like mild and like it's kind of like a filler. I don't ever think of it as something like I would want to spread on bread and eat. But I mean, I don't think we would have ordered it if we hadn't seen somebody else's review of it. We've watched so many YouTubes and this is pretty much the go to appetizer. Okay, because I was looking at it just now. And I saw the burrata, which is another cheese, which is like a very creamy mozzarella and like with the black truffle. And that sounds like like my eyes immediately went to the burrata. And then but the ricotta is the is the go to there. Yeah, if the ricotta wasn't on the menu, I think we definitely would have gotten the burrata. But we just had to try the ricotta because of the other reviews we saw. And it was so worth it. It lived up to what other people really did. It actually exceeded. Wow. And what else did you go with? Yep, moving right along, we went with the olives marinades. Is that how you pronounce it? You don't pronounce Looks the S, but yeah. Olives marinade. Very nice. So was it just like assorted warm. olives? Yeah, assorted olives, but they were served warm. Oh, that's interesting. That would have thrown me off a little bit. And it was very heavily garlic flavored. Like cloves of garlic in with them. Yeah, they just had cloves of garlic that you would see like in a jar. I mean, it was phenomenal. I thought they were all right. I didn't like it as much as Mike did. Are you not a huge fan of like strong? Like, because that's a strong. Those are strong flavors: olives, garlic, like all that is very. I love olives. I thought the garlic for me was a little bit overwhelming. A little too much garlic, yeah. Which I mean, is kind of sacrilegious to say but yeah. <laughs> and again was that something that you just ate straight up or did you put it on the bread or anything like that yeah we just ate them straight up i mean i, I could see that how was it warm did that throw you off at all or was it no nah, it was tasty i won't i mean i don't have a problem with it i just would have expected it to be like a chilled appetizer yeah, i was but... surprised that they were warm but they were good it was good did you go with any other any of these other apps here? Oh yeah, of course we did. Okay, well let's keep uh, let's keep working our way down the uh, down the menu here. So we also ordered the gnocchi. Okay. Oh, so that's so that was in the antipasto, which was the ricotta and the olives. Correct. And the olives. Yep. And then there's escargot. You could have gotten. Got some it was muscles. a tough decision. I mean, it's a very strong menu. How was the serving size? Because the prices. Or show like sixteen dollars for ricotta. I'm assuming it is not huge, but also not tiny. Or I think was it, it was large. Yeah, the serving sizes were very generous. That's good. All right, because you never know. You can kind of be hit or miss. Like with appetizers, sometimes, especially like when they want you to order several, and you right. get these these small plates, and if they're eight or nine dollars, they could be very like almost bite size. But this was. A lot more than that, obviously, $16, so... No, it, it, was... it was very generous. I, it could easily have fed four people. No, that's good. Because I'd say I ate the majority of the olives right. and probably the ricotta, so... It was a lot. It was a good amount. Yeah, it was. That's good. 
And then you said you went with the gnocchi, and this is in the starters section. So we're out of antipasto and we're into starters. Right. And just listen to this description. Braised lamb shoulder, mushroom, red wine, jus, and carrots with the gnocchi. I mean, that sounds like otherworldly. Mike was not as enthusiastic about this. I kind of pushed him into this um, because he's not a big lamb guy. Okay. But it was stupidly good. Like just the sauce. Yeah. Was probably the best part of the entire meal. Like really? the, just the, the the way the braised lamb was, it was crunchy on the outer and just soft and tender and just perfectly done. But the, the sauce was like, you just is... wanted to drink this. Oh, it was so when I took that first bite, I was just like, wow, is this good? I mean, there were, so many things where you took your first bite and you closed your eyes and you just said, damn, this is good. Now, with the gnocchi, were they like pillowy and like mm-hmm. light or dense? Because you can get like the dense ones once in a while and they're just not as good. They were kind of the like the perfect in between. They yeah, that's smaller. How... OK. And like a like a, you know, definitely potato, dense potato, but pillowy at the same time. It's yeah, because sometimes they, they can were get so good. If they're too dense, they can almost feel like rubbery, like you're biting right. into a piece of bubble gum. And then, yeah, it... no, they were tender. They were really good. I mean, that sounds fantastic. That's that, one mean, of that... the best dishes I think I've ever had. Wow. Yeah, all the stuff in the starter section that definitely jumps out at me the most. I would be tempted to try the octopus as well. I but... really would love to try the octopus. Mike wants no part of it. Between the two, I would probably for the first time go with the gnocchi and then but now the problem is now that you've had that, you can't go away from it if it's one of the best dishes right. you've ever had. If you you know, if you ever go back there, you have to get that and the octopus. You can't right. switch <laughs> to the octopus. Which I guess isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah, Any first other... world problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Any other no how did your uh How'd your mom like this stuff? Was she a fan of it? Loved well? it. Yeah, she loved yeah. it all. The gnocchi especially. I mean, like Mike said, I think we all closed our eyes and we're just marveling at how good it was. And how was that serving size? Same thing. Large. Pretty generous. Yeah. yeah. Could you have gotten, like, if it was just you, could you get that gnocchi as an entree if you had got, like, was it I enough? think so. Yeah. For one person as an for entree. For me, I don't know if it wouldn't have been enough food for you. No, probably not. But it's a decent, but still, that's not like a, wasn't like a tasting plate. It was an appetizer portion. Yes. Okay. That's kind of what I was getting at before. I guess this a, that was a better way. So these were appetizer portions. They weren't like. Yeah, they're not tapas portions. portions. Good. All right. That's good to know. Now we're into the, uh, into the main event, although it sounds like this gnocchi might have been the actual main event of the dinner, but what, uh, man, this, this menu is ridiculous. So I thought it was interesting because Susie, you were between two things, right? Yes. Can I can I take a guess what you were between? Absolutely. So I would think you would be between the lobster linguine and the sea scallops with the risotto. I feel so seen right now. It's so nice. Yes, exactly. And those like I just the lot when it says handcrafted pasta that automatically <laughs> like moves up like two steps on my list. <laughs> right. And that I mean that those two right there, the rigatoni 
and the lobster linguine just jump out at me so much. Yeah. Because when you go to a place like that, you kind of want to try the, the handcrafted pasta, especially the first time, because that's kind of their signature, what they're all about there and the fresh and the exactly and, all, and the seafood and things like that. So I could understand that. But the, the, the options in the entree section are so appealing to me as well. Like this, <laughs> this kind of food is just it's like pure, like fancy comfort food. Right. Yeah. The, it's like my dream menu. It's like upscale comfort food, the <laughs> mm-hmm. French and Italian combination of it's yeah, it's hard to really think up of a better option of flavors on this. And it's even got like that slight Greek influence because you had like the olives and those kind of things and very seafood. Like it's just the perfect mm-hmm. culmination of all those really cuisines that I really like. Yeah, and I I mean, I don't think you could have gone wrong with anything. It doesn't look menu, like it. To be honest with you. I mean, I wouldn't order the, the eggplant just because I'm not going to do a vegetarian dish. But even that right. sounds pretty good. Yeah. So what did you end up uh, going with? So I ended up going with the lobster linguine. Okay. And here's why. The server told us that it's not scallop season. Oh, okay. So he said they wouldn't be as good local or as good or anything like that okay i didn't i didn't realize that that's a good yeah he basically said if this was october into like mid-november he would suggest to see scallops he said but because of where we are on the calendar he steered away from it wow and obviously it wasn't and like you talk about like the upsell thing those entrees were the same price so it's not like it was a he was trying to stir you towards the Right. The lobster because it's more expensive or anything. It was exactly just pure, like just being knowledge. Helpful. Yes, right. and knowledgeable. <laughs> now, Mike, is you on? Were you between anything, or did you just hone in on something? Nope, I was one hundred percent a month before I left. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what did you go with? Did you want to take a guess? Uh. I'm looking right now. I'm assuming you went with. See, fillet's not your favorite. <laughs> you don't like fennel, so I don't think you would have gone with the bouillabaisse. I'm guessing the pork shank because it has the chimichurri on it, but I could be wrong. What did you end up going with? I went with the French veal chop. Oh, okay. Because that's one of their signatures. That's what everybody orders off the menu. And then when he told me that it was a ribeye, he didn't have to say anymore. A veal ribeye. See, I would have never, that would have never come up. Like, I like veal parm once in a while, but veal's not my favorite. I don't think I've had veal prepared the way you probably had it prepared. And I don't know really what to expect with veal. Like, I've only ever had veal parm where it's like breaded and deep fried and you're not really sure what you're what you're tasting but yes, that that's one of their veal, yeah but we had veal i had veal um right before christmas oh, okay and but i think what a, i would definitely try the veal chop it sounds good i mean that's something that if it's their signature and like i said it's something that i don't have any dislike for but I, i'm just not experienced a lot with veal in other forms that that would definitely be something that would pique my interest. Mm-hmm. How about uh, what did your mom end up getting? 
My mom got the rigatoni. Okay, so you got both got the handcrafted pasta. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty good too. I mean, it was really good. The her only complaint was that it was very salty. Oh, okay. And my lobster was good, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the best thing that I ate that night. No, that was going to be hard to beat, though. It sounds like that gnocchi, no matter yeah. what you had ordered. But was the how good was the pot? Like, was the pasta? The pasta was perfect. It was very good. Yeah, I tried it. It was. It's just perfect. Did you get a lot of lobster with it? Yeah, it was a good portion. It was pretty, it was pretty a, much a tail. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And it wasn't cut up so it was like didn't they just rest a tail mm-hmm. on the top? Yeah. It was a beautiful presentation. Nice. But so yeah, you the were, flavors were really good, but it wasn't it didn't blow me away like everything else did. Yeah. And I guess that after those all those appetizers you were expecting to be blown away again. Yeah. So you wouldn't say you were disappointed, you just were, it didn't live up to the other stuff that you had already had. Correct. Yeah, I think if we hadn't had those appetizers, then I would have been thrilled with it. Yeah, the gnocchi was just an absolute, like, out-of-body experience. (laughs) I don't know how else to, oh, yeah. But we got got a side of Brussels sprouts, and the Brussels sprouts were stupidly good. Oh, really? Oh, my God. I had them... What did I have them for dinner like, yeah, like last, last week? week? Yeah, yeah. And they were just as good. Reheated fried... after they had been sitting in the fridge for a week. Not fried Brussels sprouts with smoked lamb belly and harissa vinaigrette. So they basically made lamb bacon. Yes. How good is that? I mean, so basically, it sounds like you're saying they got the lamb nailed because the the gnocchi had the lamb, and then the uh, yes. Brussels sprouts had the lamb. So they got that figured out. Yeah. Now, how was the uh, how was the veal parts? Oh, absolutely delicious! Yeah, Je- oh, so good. So ribeye of veal. How does that like? How it was, was it? A, it was on a it was on a bone too. I mean, it was just a big old. It's like a bone in ribeye, but it was. Was it breaded, grilled? Like how did they prepare? Just grilled. It? Yeah, seasoned and grilled. Little charred on the outer. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, just not a veal. Like, I don't know how even veal. Do they cook it like medium, like a steak? Or? He, he told me that they recommend that you that they cook it to a medium. I said, that's fine by me. Because wasn't it was a little smoky, wasn't it? You thought it was a little smoky because you don't like the smoke, but it wasn't like like rib smoky. It was it was charred. Yeah. Cooked perfectly, though. Absolutely cooked perfectly. So you were happy with that? Oh, thrilled. I ate every piece of fat that was on that bad boy. (laughs) I bet. And you said the rigatoni was... Did you try any of that? Did did you try the rigatoni? I did try it. It was very good. It was a little salty. A little salty. That's too bad. I think when you you have something with pancetta, that's what you're going to get, though. It could get very salty. That's true. Yeah. That bouillabaisse sounds good to me. Yeah, except... I know you guys don't... Like don't like the fennel, but man, that just everything on there just is calling mm-hmm. out to me. Like that sounds like the perfect like what you should get on the Riviera is like something like that too. Well, and I think that there was a kid at the table next to us who was thinking about it, who also isn't a fennel fan. Oh, okay. And the server went back and asked about it, and they said it's in the sauce, so there's no way for them to serve it without it. Right. 
See, I, I really like that flavor. I can understand. It's it's a very strong and distinct flavor, so I understand why people have an aversion to it. It's almost like cilantro, where either you love it or hate right. it. And I, I happen to like it quite a bit. So, mm-hmm. But I don't like black liquor. Like, I don't like it. I like fennel and savory things, but in sweet things, I don't like the anise flavor. Interesting. Flavor. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I don't like it across the board, so. <laughs> I digress. Now, it's kind of funny because after dinner, I was looking out and I didn't realize how close or how high and close you were to Epcot. Okay. I saw World Showcase and I saw the torch, the burning torches. And I said, what's going on out there? Like, it looks like almost World Showcase. Like, we're basically on top of World right on Showcase. Top of it. Yeah. So I could see the fireworks from our booth. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'm going to go check it out. We have a little, a few minutes of downtime. So I went out onto the terrace and watched some fireworks for a little while. What fireworks? From Ep- from Epcot. They did 6.30. Oh, they did them at 6.30. Yeah, because they do a special one at midnight. Gotcha. Okay. That's why I was, I was thinking of the timing. I didn't understand what fireworks you had seen. So that makes sense. Oh, besides the uh, Brussels sprouts, did you try any other sides? That's a negative. That was the only one. I mean, that's of the ones that I see there, that would have been the top choice. Probably followed by the mushrooms. I'm sure that would have been a close second for you guys, but yeah. How about dessert, Susie? We all got dessert. Oh, even pards. <laughs> even pards. That's how good this place was, Bill. Yeah. It had you so messed up that you had to try the dessert. Absolutely. All right. So, what did we go with for that? Uh, my mom had the creme brulee. Okay, vanilla and citrus creme. Oh, that sounds good. It was very good. Cause I don't, I'm not usually like a creme brulee fan because it's usually very plain one note. But having like the citrus in there, that that intrigues me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my only complaint about the creme brulee would be that the beignets were cold. Nobody wants a cold donut. No, that's expecting not expecting a warm beignet. <laughs> Yeah, you wanted cold olives and warm beignets, and you got the opposite. <laughs> and then Mike had the chocolate cake. Okay. Just because it had the caramel center. I'm so, again, that's a little bit of a surprise, because I would have said creme brulee for you, maybe, because I know you like You know what? I love creme brulee, but opposite of what you just said, I don't like the citrus. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, that's the only other one though. It was I, I assume creme brulee for you, but I couldn't see really going with the. I mean, no you broke into this there. warm chocolate cake, and the caramel was just gooing all over the plate. It was phenomenal. I mean, that sounds perfect. That's what I would want out of those options. And I actually was underwhelmed with it. I tried Mike's, and I was, it was fine, but i was expecting again to be blown away by it and it was just okay it was a run-of-the-mill disney dessert sort of i mean maybe a, a, a like tad for a, bit above for a signature dining like it's a freaking gordon ramsay over here parts <laughs> yeah well it's tough they, you gotta be a critic you, you we bring her on to be dessert. a critic a special oh. dessert on the menu for new year's eve oh okay which was an opera cake um with a chocolate calendar What's an opera cake? Sort of like a tiramisu. It's like a layered. Okay. But it's got like a chocolate ganache in the layers. Okay. 
and on the top. So you kind of break through it more like a hard shell. Oh, that you're and it's my richer language. than a tiramisu. It's phenomenal. That sounds really good. And then the front of it looked like a calendar and it said December 31st, 2022. Oh, that's cool. It was really cool. And it was delicious. And the server actually sort of tried, I don't want to say to talk me out of it, but his opinion was that it was very rich. Oh, okay. Um, and I didn't find it to be so. I thought it was really good. But you also don't mind a rich dessert. You like yeah. chocolate. Like you're not, you don't get lighter, fruitier desserts. You like a chocolate, you know, it seems like your favorite desserts are more. Yeah, I'm drawn more to the chocolate stuff. I mean, I love like a nice, you know, like a lemon pound cake or something yeah. like that. But I want something that I'm not going to get just anywhere. Right. And for me, I mean, especially given your cousin's aversion to chocolate cake for the most part, you know, I'm going to get something that I won't get anywhere else. True. My now, one of the. Okay. Go ahead. I was going to say, my biggest problem at Disney is I usually don't have room for dessert. I usually don't feel like dessert after eating. Yeah, I think that was one of the things that was, I thought, really good. Like, the portion sizes were perfect. Because even with all the appetizers and splitting everything, I was full when we left, yeah. but I was comfortably full. I wasn't overly yeah. stuffed. I didn't it, feel like he had to roll me to the car. And the right. other things is that they weren't trying to turn tables and throw your ass out of there so it was from start to finish over two hours so it was very well paced and you got your coffee with dessert i assume oh we actually went with the french press oh how was that oh, oh it was so, so good, good. Bill. Really? oh it was good so it was better than the coffee you got in the lobby earlier yeah yeah the friend, did, did you have enough for all three of you did your mom have she a didn't cup? want any because she oh, thought okay. she was she can't sleep to begin with so <laughs> Yeah, well, that can happen, especially with coffee late. But, but yeah, yeah you usually get a nice enough for the three two cups. Yeah, because he and he kept coming over and just re he goes, "You want me to top that off?" Like he he just didn't press it and walk away from the table. He kept checking and topping out coffee off. He was phenomenal. You know what I like about the press is you get the, like the little bit of like the foam on the mm -hmm. top, it makes it look like a like coffee from a tv commercial and it was what six dollars or something that's like, what it says here yeah six yeah. dollars yeah, so i mean three dollars a person for a cup of coffee that i mean that's that's a joffrey's right there well it's made by joffrey's yep featuring yeah, they artisanal had roasted joffrey coffee and tea but i've gotten so a better. i've gotten a french press at, at like kona it's like and eight it's, or nine bucks right? yeah i didn't like when i saw the price i'm like this is not bad and i think it was one of the best coffees we've had too that's good by far. Another thing I'm why can I'm, you now? My question before you go further is you I can think so you could buy Joffrey's coffee. So, can you get that Riviera Resort blend from Joffrey's? I wonder, like sent to your house. I don't know. I believe so. We'd have to look into it because I know you can get certain Disney ones. I don't know if like the resort specific ones are exclusive yeah. to the resorts or not. Now, one of the other cool things about our server who was just absolutely blew me away when he brought the desserts, he said, now, if you're all going to share, I recommend going from left to right. He said, I go with the lighter, with the creme brulee, then work yourself to here and then finish over here. Oh, that's interesting. So he even gave you like a tasting order for the desserts. Yeah. Because if you tried Susie's first, which was super rich, you're not going to get the you know, the notes, the, in, the the notes in the in the creme brulee. That makes sense. 
Uh, and you can buy the Riviera blend on their website, just so you know. Hmm. Although, you know what? Whenever you make it, it doesn't matter. Like, you guys with Dunkin', you, it's never the same when you make it at home. Than when no, it never it. is. But that's neither here nor there. But if we get the really expensive coffee maker, it might be. <laughs> you just got to get a French press. That's even cheaper. That's true. Just press it yourself. I've always wanted to do that too, like at my house, but I don't have time. And I don't even like hot coffee that much. I like iced coffee, <laughs> so be a waste. Anyway, any final thoughts here before we take our second break? Or should yeah, we, what did uh... you think about the terrace? Terrace was beautiful. Yeah. Were there seating? Is it like how big was it? Just it was kind bigger of than I expected it to be. Um, I think it's probably underutilized. Okay. Um, the biggest drawback is that it's not covered at all. So if you have any kind of inclement weather, it's basically useless. Yeah. So they wouldn't put tables out there for that reason, obviously. Or if right. They could. But there, there were, looked like some pretty comfortable couches and you know. Yeah, lots of outdoor seating. Drinks. And it looks like they might have bar. like a little temporary bar that, when it's busier, you could serve. But it was, it overlooks Caribbean Beach. Just absolutely. Gorgeous, gorgeous piece of real estate. And you there. can see, obviously, you can see the fireworks. Yeah, there. right. Yeah. And you can see the Magic Kingdom fireworks from the terrace as well, I believe, they said. Yeah, I, think... I was just disoriented. I didn't know where the Magic Kingdom was Okay. at the time because they didn't have fireworks going. But I think, like, one of the things about that resort is they said you could see the fireworks from Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and Epcot from that terrace. Which is pretty cool. Yep. Very good. So on that note, we'll take a second break, come back for some final thoughts on Topolino's Terrace. Sounds good. We are back from break. Episode number 458 of the WDW Beyond the Gates podcast is in the books. And anytime you have like a drummer using those little like brushes to play, <laughs> you know the jazz is going to be good. That was some solid. That was some good jam. And I played a yeah. lot of air instruments during <laughs> that you break. <laughs> you don't even know which ones you were playing. Nope. Nope. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Upright bass. <laughs> That's so good, isn't it? <laughs> you spin it. Um, yeah, so sounds like you guys had a good experience. Yeah, I mean, we were expecting a good experience, and it was better than I anticipated. 
So even your slight disappointments, they weren't even saying like it wasn't good. It just didn't live up to some of the stuff that was so good that it blew you away. Exactly. So if you had done it in a different order, like if that linguine with the lobster was an appetizer and that gnocchi was your main dish, you probably would have just even leveled up your whole experience. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Is it a must must do? Is this like... Absolutely, absolutely must do. Absolutely must do. If this is your type of cuisine, you know, if you're not Which, into for me, pasta is, or the yeah. seafood or, you know, if you don't like veal or lamb, then maybe give it a pass. But sure. I mean, I'm sure even the, the vegan dishes are amazing. Right. I'm sure they are. I mean, I can just tell by you looking at the menu and you listening to this review that you're dying to go. Yeah, no, this is this is going to be probably it's a new, you know, signature dining, one of the few now that I haven't been to. So it's going to be high on my list. And like you said, I mean, it's not over the top fancy. I think there's just tons of options for even a a picciarita, just, you know, with the abundance of pasta dishes. Yeah, it's not crazy. If you have someone that really doesn't like seafood, it's going to narrow down their options quite a bit because I think out of like the eight entrees, four of them had seafood in it or three of them had seafood. So Mm -hmm. if you have someone that doesn't like seafood, it narrows it down quite a bit. But someone like me who really enjoys seafood. The rigatoni, the eggplant. I mean, those are solid. Oh, yeah, that's all good stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm just I'm just thinking of a reason why someone may not want to go like you said. But I think for you guys, you know, I know that your wife is sometimes reluctant to go to nicer places when you have the girls with you. But I didn't feel like it was a place where you couldn't bring your kids. Yeah, I think we cracked that code a little bit when we went to Brown Derby and we had a good experience there. So that might and now that they're getting older and the next time we go, they'll be even a little older. So you don't have to worry about them not being well behaved and things like that and then but even if they got you know a little restless or something you could take them out to the terrace it wasn't you know a it didn't have like a snooty atmosphere at all no not at all and i imagine at that time when you went there were probably more families and yeah there were i mean there were a few kids out a server when i asked him if he works um breakfast he said absolutely not so then I had I had to you know as I say peel peel the onion, and he just said it's a completely different atmosphere. He oh, said I imagine it's just with the tons character. of kids. He said it's loud. He said it's a character breakfast. But I just heard the breakfast itself was fantastic. He did say the food is excellent. said the food yeah. is fantastic. He just said it's not his scene. Now the next time I stay on property, I want to end my stay at this resort for a couple nights but renting points or something if i can afford it if it works out in my plans that's what i'd like to do and i think doing that and like having that dinner on one of the nights on one of your resort days and then maybe on your last day before you go home having that breakfast being able to get out of your room and you know go have the breakfast go back pack up your stuff and check out like that's a good way to to end yeah. it, it sounds like that would be good. But and right. I've heard, it's a very, very hard reservation. But I've also heard that if you stay in there, that you can get on their wait list and get in right away. They said for breakfast, especially, you can just go on that app. Oh, and sign up and on do, the waiting and do list. Do a standby yeah. and waiting list, and and they'll get you in easily. So yeah, 
The problem is, is that you have to be really close because I've heard of people being on the skyline or coming back from Epcot. Oh, and they're really? not able to do it. You literally almost have to be in that damn lobby. Oh, I got you. Because in they, order for it to wreck, right? Geotabbed or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Sounds like a great experience. One that I'm sure you'll be going back to at some point. I just want to, before we close, the service again yes. was amazing. There was a guy standing at the door at the terrace. And every time somebody went out or came back into the restaurant, he opened the door for them. Oh, nice. When we were watching fireworks. And then when I went and picked up the car to pick Kristen and her mom up, the valet guys came running over to my car and opened the doors to let them in. Yeah, two valet guys. So one on each door, which was very nice. Nice. And I'm frantically like grabbing my wallet. I'm like, oh, grease them, grease them, grease them. <laughs> like that. You can't, you can't provide that service and not be. Not get a little extra. Yeah. Right. You got to get a few bucks out of that. Well, there you go. Sounds like a great experience overall. And now you said they had the, did they, they didn't have any special other options for like entrees or appetizers for New Year's Eve, just the dessert. Did they have any? No, because I think we even asked if they had a special menu for New Year's and they yeah. said no. That's good. I mean, their menu is pretty good on its own. Yeah. Don't really need to right. change it up. Also, the unfortunate thing was uh, no discounts because it fell on one of those holidays. Oh, that's right. So you didn't get the oh, I, was, or tw- I, yeah. I, t- I, t- I joke with the guy. I said, well, your tip is, is going to be coming out of that. And he just started <laughs> laughing. But that being said, I mean, we had a ton of food and it wasn't unreasonably. Yeah, expensive. even I messaged Gary and, and I said, like, I think it was like 320s, like for three people. And I'm like, yeah, we had three apps, three desserts, three entrees and two, two drinks and two drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you could have, I mean, if you went and just got one appetizer to share, no alcohol and no dessert, you could have been under 200 for that. Mm -hmm. Or around 200 for three people at a signature is not bad, you know, and you went, you went all out too. So it's not, so, and you spent 300. I mean, people just keep kick and scream about the prices at Disney. We could, we can debate park prices and this and that. As far as their food and beverage, I still think you're getting a phenomenal deal because their food is amazing. And I think you're getting a fine. fine. I think you're getting a better deal now than ever because their prices went up less than other people in food. Oh, no doubt about it. Because I was talking, I was talking to my father uh, when we were coming back from the UConn game the other day about like restaurant prices. And he was saying, you know what? Disney didn't raise their prices that much. He's like, they it was always a little high, but you never minded. Now it's like in line with what you would go to. Like you eat at Mama Melrose for the same price you would eat at like Restaurant 99 now. Yeah, no doubt. Which is crazy, you know? Yeah, I mean, we had dinner with my mom at a restaurant in downtown Sarasota a few days before Christmas. And we didn't get nearly as much food. And it was my mom and I each had a glass of wine. It was 200 for the three of us. Yeah. So, I mean, for all the additional food that we had, you know, desserts and all that stuff, the coffee, I mean, I really thought the price was spot on. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. if you said New Year's Eve, Disney signature, 100 bucks a head, you'd sign up for that without. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. That's a no brainer. All right. Well, I don't have any other thoughts. Do you guys have anything else you want to add here? You want me to wrap things up? You can wrap things up here. All right. I did see that we have a new uh, YouTube video out. If you go to youtube.com slash at WDWBTG, we have Boardwalk Deli 
dining review. And this is the uh, the first one, right? Yep, we're gonna do another. We're gonna do a follow up with the second one where we ate inside. See if it lives up to the. See if it lives up to. If your reviews are consistent, because you did order the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see how your reviews match up over time, from July to December. Um. So that's obviously our YouTube page. Go there, subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash at WDWBTG. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter is at WDWBTG. WDWBTG.com. Subscribe wherever you download podcasts. Leave us uh, reviews, things like that. It does help. You can email the show info at WDWBTG.com. Mike at WDWBTG.com. And Gary at WDWBTG.com. Did now, I miss anything? You didn't miss anything, but what do we have coming up next week? Next week's going to be a good show. It's going to be ha- an interesting show. We have a cruise review with uh, the one and only R. Alex Detweiler. <laughs> so we have Bob. Bobby Alex Detweiler yeah, coming Bobby on. Alex, he's he's an anti-Disney guy. Ah. He always asks me whenever we're playing golf if I'm, you know, how my cult is going. <laughs> he likes cruises, and this was his first Disney cruise, so... So we're gonna get stay tuned next week to see yeah. what his thoughts were. So we'll be back next week with uh, Alex as well. So yeah, definitely get that coming up. Thank you, Susie, once again for bringing some class to this organization. We appreciate it. <laughs> My pleasure. That's gonna do it for episode number four hundred fifty-eight of the WDW Beyond the Gates podcast. For our guest Susie and my co-host Mike, my name is Gary. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. M-I-C. See you real soon. Why? Because we like you. Oh